conversations that matter to you. We need proper representation. Time for Fridays with Fry. With Russell Fry on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers on your first choice plumbing services, Music Friday. Jason wanted to hear speeding back to my baby. There you go. All right. And joining us live on the air right now is Congressman Russell Fry. Good morning. Good morning. So you're in D.C.? I'm in D.C. today, yes. All right. How's it going over there? What are you, what's on the docket today that you're working on? Oh, gosh. It's, it's been like a whack, you know, game of whack-a-mole this week. And it's like that every, <laughs> like every, like that every week. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously this week, we, the big news um, is that the House uh, impeached Secretary Mayorkas, which mm-hmm. was the first time in, in over 100 years, probably I think since the 1870s that it's wow. been done. Okay. So what is the next plan, next step with that? Because, you know, um, the, you know, what are the chances of, of it going through the Senate and him being removed? Well, I think, I, look, I don't think there's a lot of opportunity in the Senate, just what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think we have to run our work and, and there will be a trial. I don't know how it will look, but um, the House, uh, is the, their role is to, to, to start the process. Uh, we felt the evidence was beyond compelling to get this guy out of there. And, and, and in fact, you know, Liz, the framers were, were brilliant. I mean, they understood that bad actors get into positions of power sometimes, and it's not just one or two, you know, issues of policy disagreement, but a whole set of egregious decisions that they considered maladministration. And so there is a, a mechanism to remove such a person. It hasn't been done in a very long time mm-hmm. because it hasn't been necessarily needed but this guy is so bad and he's so incompetent and it's so obvious what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You've got no choice. So when I, when you say like, you know, he's incompetent, I mean, I feel like he's just following orders and that the, the, what looks to be incompetent is actually by design. Correct. Correct. Well, so, and, and, and the, the reason is they know, they, to your point, like they know that the border is a problem. The numbers speak for themselves. Um, former Homeland Security Secretary under Obama, um, Secretary Johnson, said that a thousand migrants a day was a crisis because it overwhelmed the system. We're at ten thousand a day. <laughs> I mean, Secretary Mayorkas sees these same issues, sees these same uh, numbers, and um, so and 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 not doing anything about it. Do you so think right. that the problem? And we've heard this, you know, so many times by so many commentators. Do you think that the problem? is not bad enough yet that people are not seeing the impact of all of these illegal immigrants pouring into the country. They haven't felt it in their backyard yet, in their pockets yet, or with their safety yet. Do you think that has uh, something to do with this slow uptake to respond? No, I I think it's that, well, the immigration issue is the top issue. Um, Polling wise, right now, it is on the on the front of, uh, of the American people's minds. It is above the economy, um, um, in, with uh, certainly Republican primary voters, and it is it is so. I mean, you're starting to see Democrats who never 
like who never break ranks, right? Who never criticize mm-hmm. the president. You start to see Democrat mayors, governors, senators, Congress people. Um, there was a Congress special election this week in New York, and the Democrat that was running was talking about being tough on the border, which I think is kind of laughable. But nonetheless, he was talking about it, which is the first time mm-hmm. that a Democrat's talked about the border in in from a law and law and order perspective in forever. Well, he's the one who got rid of ICE at in Nassau County. And I know because that's my mother's district and that's exactly where I was. But, you know, we've come to find out that his challenger was a Democrat. <laughs> so, what's you know, it's kind of like a funny thing. She was, a, a you know, a Democrat in Republican clothing. She was still a registered Democrat. So I don't understand what's happening in New York politics. I really don't understand how people are allowing this. And that's why I'm I'm suggesting it's just not that bad. Um, unless you live across the street from the Roosevelt Hotel. I mean, yeah. people aren't marching in the streets saying, um, hey, you got to do something about, you know, all these people laying in the streets here. I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel like all these people moving in should be really having this major impact. And they don't realize that, you know, the kids are going to school and teachers are being shuffled around and you need English as a second language teachers and you have more kids in school than you're receiving tax dollars for. And, you know, they they don't realize the repercussions yet. I mean, if you look, you know, five years down the road, just just schooling and then you add on the facts that, hey, these people could be on the red on the voter registration roll soon. Right. No, um, it's it, the impacts are huge. And I, I do think, you know, look, we just had a um, you know town hall, a teletown hall about this with seven thousand people on the phone uh, from the district talking about it. And a lot of the questions were about uh, the border. And I, I see people at the grocery store, um, and they want to talk about that. I mean, that is the issue. I, and so I, I think people. People see it in their communities. Look, 300 Americans die every day of fentanyl poisoning. Yeah. Um, they mm-hmm. see what is going on. They see the news. I mean, despite the media's best efforts to not cover it, they're they're being forced to cover it mm-hmm. uh, because of what's going on down there. And yeah. so okay, I think so it's, look, people recognize, like, okay, if we're going to be a country, like, we, we need – the border's not just, like, an imaginary line in the sand. We actually need to um, have some fixes here. And so – the only problem is that, that it doesn't always translate to action with mm-hmm. Washington, yeah. right? We know that the president has the authority to secure the border today. Um, the law is not perfect, and there are several areas that it needs to be fixed, uh, which is why we passed H.R. 2 back in May. But the president has authority now to mm-hmm. do a lot of things to fix it. He won't. Um, and in lieu of that, H.R. 2 is a great product. And so I think House Republicans are at least trying to jumpstart the conversation and trying to trying to carry out the mission of advocating for the American people who are getting sucker punched right now because of what this what this guy in the White House is doing. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to keep up the fight. Can you um, we're speaking with uh, Congressman Russell Fry, District 7. Uh, can you give us an update on what's going on with this Ukraine money? Uh, we had heard that you know, they tried to uh, there was a Republican, I forget the guy's name, that supposedly released this statement that Russia, uh, they got some intelligence that Russia is. Um, Turner. OK, I think. that um, he's going to um, 
put nuclear warheads on, I don't know, something, satellites in space or whatever. And then the government, uh, Biden administration had to come out and backtrack that, right? And say, um, hey, uh, this is not something that's happening. That's not imminent danger. It's not going to re- reach the human race. I mean, they were like trying to say all these things. And so it became like, was this Republican Turner trying to, you know, get this aid package passed by scaring and gaslighting the American public and thinking how dangerous Russia was. Like, this whole narrative came out over the last couple of days. What do you think of that narrative? And what where are we at with this, I, what, what is it now, a $95.3 billion aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan? Yeah, well, I'm not going to talk about classified information on the air, uh, first of all, so... Uh, <laughs> love you. Uh, but I do want to say this about the package. It's a problem. Um, and, and the reason is the problem is that, that it, it fails our mission. We're not leading with America first. The Senate package that deals with Ukraine, Taiwan, um, and Israel, it's, it's, to me, it's a non-starter, right? All of those issues are independent of each other. They deserve their own debate. They deserve their own focus. However, the com- Congress votes. And so they must, they should do that. And, they, and we should look at them. We Let's have a debate. I'm fine with that. Um, but it fails to secure the border. It has nothing for border security in there. And we are protecting, in the case of Ukraine, we're protecting their border before we'll do anything on ours. Mm-hmm. I just, people are so fed up with that uh, kind of mentality coming out of Washington, D.C. I'm fed up with it. And, and I think you are too, and your listeners are. So we're not going to have it. And I think the House, uh, the Speaker, has called out that product as a non-starter. Um, I do think that there are ways in which Congress could go around the Speaker here, but let's, you know, let's try to, uh, you know, see if we can't hold the line. We we want to fix the border. Look, Israel is important. We have voted to like we have voted to support Israel financially. They're a strategic ally. There's a whole host of reasons why we should back them, right? Taiwan is, a, is an issue. They have purchased weapons from the United States that have not been delivered by this administration. And so let's we, we, we talk about these issues, and, and we should support our allies, right? We should absolutely do that. But we also need to focus at home. And I think that's where this administration um, lacks their focus. Now, they're, they're, they're more intent to send this money overseas. Um, I don't know if you heard this, but I heard this early or earlier this morning. So, you know, we talked about Ukraine, what's going on in Israel and, you know, involving Iran and Hamas and Hezbollah and the trade ships. And um, we know what's going on in, you know, the potential of China attacking Taiwan. We don't know if that's going to happen. But um, we also heard this morning that North Korea's Kim Jong-un is saying, hey, I don't want war, but we're not going to avoid it. That's what they said last week. And if uh, war came, they said that they would be occupying, suppressing and reclaiming the Republic of Korea and subjugating it into the territory of the Republic. And they, you know, they're saying that they want to they want South Korea back. They want their Korea back together again. None of this would be happening. We all know this. None of this did happen under Trump. Um, but they keep talking about how Trump is going to bring us to the brink of war again. Like, I literally heard them saying that uh, the other day on CNN. What do you make of all this? And now are people turning, you know, to say, oh, no, we have something else brewing now 
in North Korea. I mean, these are all our Look, greatest a, fears. For sure. And it is an incredibly dangerous time. And the absence of leadership in the White House is exactly why we have these problems. And we should stand with our allies, right? We, should, we, we have always stood um, with Israel, with Taiwan since its existence, with South Korea. I mean, there are, there are incredible benefits and relationships that happen um, between these two countries. Uh, or between the countries that I just listed. And so, to your point, like, you're right. We were not engaged in these foreign problems. We didn't have these issues. We didn't have dictators and despots across the globe um, doing what they do because there, was a vac- there wasn't a vacuum of leadership on mm-hmm. the world stage. Right. President Trump was firmly there. They might not have liked him, um, but they respected him, and they respected the United States. And now we have a guy that can't walk. Um, on grass or upstairs without falling. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a guy who can't put sentences together, um, who was just labeled in the her report as not having the mental faculties enough to remember properly and that he would be considered mm-hmm. a sympathetic person by a jury. That's the guy running our country. Yeah. And, and, and so the world sees it. I mean, they, de- they deny it all the time. Democrats are out there. Like, I don't know how you do this with a straight face, Liz, where you say like, he's never been sharper. Like, I, I would know. just have to, I would, I, I would just, I would, I don't know how I would do that with this. I can't face. keep up with him. Kareen <laughs> Jean-Pierre says, I just can't keep up with him. I'm like, really? Come on. So now, okay. So you were talking about this, the, her report. Um, right. and, uh, there are people calling for a cognitive test. It's not going to happen, right? Well, I mean, no, because it would show that he, he can't uh, function. Right. Uh, we, I've called for a cognitive test. I've called for a cognitive test for months. Ronnie Jackson, um, who served in the Trump admin, but is also is in the House now, uh, medical doctor. Uh, he served under multiple presidents um, as, as their doctor. And uh, he's like, look, he's diminished. I can see it. Everyone everybody can see it. Can you see need it. to do a cognitive test. Even the, everybody, everybody has admitted it, has seen it, but... I, I don't know why they continue to push down this road. I guess they don't have any other options or they're just buying time for their last minute option. I don't know. Um, we had a question on the uh, Showtime Autoglass text line. Uh, what was it? Are you OK with shutting down the government? Oh, yeah. Or... With with everything that's being forced through, a lot of times they always like to go, oh, the, the, the GOP just wants to shut down the government, and deny programs and services. So the question was, are you okay with shutting down the government as opposed to just allowing this nonsense to continue to pass? I'm just paraphrasing the uh, text. Yeah, look, look, I don't think a shutdown is a wise thing in in just in general terms. But I do think that this issue is incredibly important that we should find that there is leverage here. If you want funding for whatever agency, and I mean, you shut it down, but if you want funding, if Biden uh, and his and the executive branch says, hey, we need X amount of dollars for this agency. Well, we want you to secure the border, right? Like, we want you to do that. And I think that's a fight worth having. That's a fight that's worthy of the American people, um, that they want that, too. I mean, people die every day because of what is going on on our border. These are men and women. These are cops that are arresting people and then getting fentanyl on their hands. I mean, it is just so pervasive, and it is so maddening that governors, like in Texas, are trying everything they can do to do the job that the federal government won't. Mm-hmm. And so I think the American people expect a fight. And I'm not saying like a shutdown is like the answer, but like I think the American people want a fight on this. It is worthy of a fight. Um, 
the American people are with us on this. Polling shows that. So let's like I'm I'm happy to go fight, and we're I think we're fighting now. But there are ways and leverage that you can use in the House. Um, I don't think we've used them yet, and I hope that we do. Yeah. Absolutely. I just wanted to bring up one more thing that um, you actually wanted to talk about, Tony Bobolinsky. And I know, Nick, you brought him up earlier uh, this morning. Yeah, he was uh, testifying. Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking about it. And it was like, credible, 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 repeats the same story. There's no issues. And the, the, all they could focus on in this hearing, according mm-hmm. to Marjorie Taylor Greene, and that they being the Democrats, Oh, who put you up to this? Was Is this funded by Trump? I mean, it was just ridiculous, completely ignoring the facts that he's presenting and going after this ridiculous, you know, pie in the sky idea of that he's just a fake witness type thing. It's mm-hmm. it's so yeah, bizarre. It, it is. It's weird. I mean, well, look, it, so here is it's a tactic of theirs, right? If they can blow up the credibility of somebody, if they can scream louder, um, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of a tactic. And we've seen that play out in real time with uh, some of the hearings that we've done on the impeachment inquiry, I mean, we, where you have real witnesses that are there to testify in front of you, and they create this circus intentionally to muddy the waters and to make it confusing. If American people are confused uh, about the financial issues that are going on with this family, if they're confused and, is, and, and you know you beat it up and you attack the witnesses personally, well, then you win, right? I mean, that's kind and of... And then nobody they're, they're else will come like, forward. <laughs> right, they're, they're playing defense counsel mm-hmm. for the Biden family. That's kind, of, that's kind of how I view it. And so we're going to do our work. We're, you know, Bob Litsky, I think, had some incredible testimony. It was eight hours. Wow. Uh, but, the big, but the big takeaway was he was involved with the Biden family. There was a setup. Um, the email that was sent, um, uh, that, you know, 10% for the big guy, yeah. Well, the big guy was Joe Biden. I right. mean, so he, you know, on the record, under oath, uh, admitted that, that that was the wow. that was the setup, and that and that this whole arrangement um, between Bobulinski, the Bidens, um, Joe Biden, the whole arrangement was based on an attempt to give Joe Biden plausible deniability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like that's earth shattering. Uh, so. I'm glad he came in. Um, of course, the Democrats attacked him, but he, he held up for eight hours. Um, and the way that those go in the transcribed uh, interviews is that Republicans get an hour to ask questions. So usually it's like the lawyers on staff that will do it. Um, Republicans get an hour. Democrats get an hour. So for eight hours, you know, four rounds for each side, basically, um, this guy testified. And uh, so chairman wants to release that transcript. So, you know, after you type up eight hours worth of testimony uh, onto a document, I've, I've I'm confident that we'll release that to the American people. Uh, and, very um, interesting. Can't it, wait to read it, that. What's that? It, that would be a very interesting thing to read. I mean, I, it's going to be oh, a lot of sure. pages, I'm sure, but looking for forward sure. to seeing what's in there. Well, uh, Congressman Russell Fry, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Have a great weekend. All right. Talk to you soon.